So here's the legal bit. Code 21 is a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental. Relocations have been used, however, no inference should be taken that fictional or even similar events have taken place at these locations. These fictional stories have been told to give a general impression of policing in a recently bygone era. Some of these stories deal with death and trauma, suicides and murders. Should you be suffering from mental health issues or have concerns for another person, please stop listening and contact a medical health professional or your doctor. Code 21 is recorded in front of a recently deceased audience. New Year, mate. We're still here. We're still speaking to each other. We're still there. It's twenty twenty four. Fucking and, um, remarkable. Our yeah. listeners are, are still with us. You have a nice Christmas. Yeah, very nice up with the family. No, that was. Uh, yeah, it was good. Parents don't keep well, so it was. It was nice to be up with them, with all the family and all that. But yeah, twenty twenty four. I promised. Remember the tail end of the Christmas one? I said a couple of uh, festive festive tales. Remember, I gave you a couple of options. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, if you, if old I, guy in, in hmm. buried. An old guy hogtied with hogtied a shotgun. Hogtied with a shotgun to his head. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with that one. And I've decided to go with uh, uh, Old Guy Buried. Is that okay? Yeah, please do. Yeah. Uh, before I do it, just a, a very quick thing. Uh, I'm going. This is one... Remember before we said we won't... Some of the episodes we ramble and talk shite like we did at Christmas and yes. then start the story. Yes. Uh, and others we go straight into the story. Uh, we said we would do that. We'd fluctuate between the two. And that, this one's going to be a straight into the story with one very, very, very tiny exception. Is this a, a serious one? Oh, the story's very, very serious. Oh. It's very serious. And we like them. We do. And certain parts of our audience love them. Mm-hmm. And certain parts of the audience like to listen to us talk shite. I can't imagine why. So we're, yeah. we're trying to try to provide a service for all. Yeah. But anyway, just before that, it occurred to me uh, in season one and up till now in season two, I've committed a, a, a dreadful thing and not given a, a thanks uh, to, to someone who's very important. And that's the person who gave me my name, Rory McRae. Uh, and, and some people have got back to me uh, online stuff saying, where'd you get the names from? Right. And it's up to you whether you tell where you get your name from. But mine came from, I was sitting offshore, uh, <clears throat> well, it was probably a couple of years ago now, and uh, with some colleagues, and I was explaining my book. <laughs> yeah, and, and the stories and telling stories. And Available people. from all good book sellers. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, okay. the digital yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> Stood down by Rory McRae. And... Uh, I was telling them stories and they loved it and it was story time with Rory, you know. Uh, and have I you said, changed the cover? No, not yet, but I'm going to have to. Right, okay. It's just like that. Anyway, anyway, because that's you. No, it's me. Well, it's your photo. It's me that took the photo, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, anyway. So, yettering away and I'm like, oh, you'd have to publish that. I said, well, I can't, I can't use my real name. Yeah. And they said, well, we'll give you a name. What do you need? And I said, it needs to be short and sharp like a Scottish policeman. A bit like my real name, which isn't, but you know, short, short and sharp. Such and Scottish policemen are short. That's why I was so good at it. <laughs> no, they're names, they're fucking names, no, they're high. Jesus Christ. I'm rambling, I'm not going to be rambling, stop it. Right, so, I said, I would like a name, sounds like a Scottish policeman, that I can put in the cover of a book. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, anything else? I said, well, these are the names of my children. Uh, so can you come up with some, uh, based on their initials, can you come up with something? And they come up with Rhoda McRae, that was it. 
Uh, and the person who did that is a guy called Paul Dickinson, uh, who appears as a character in the book. Um, Came up with using the initials for your children. For children's name. You've got ten children. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that doesn't surprise me at all, actually. So. No, 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 no. It was all, well, all the real ones, right? So, so he came up with the name, and yeah, thank you, Dickel. That, that was all. Uh, I really like it. I, I really like Ronan McRae. I've, I've come very used to it, and uh, yeah, it served me well so far. That was all. It was just a, a thank you to Dickel. That's all. It's a personal one. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so going back to uh, festive Yuletide stuff and the two stories. Who's your eldest daughter? Oh God, what? I thought her name started with a K. Mm, it's in there somewhere. No, it's not. There's no K in yeah, Rory uh, McRae. Hang on. Yeah, but there is... Uh, what, you just changed the letter because you didn't like no, it? No, hang on, let me think. Right, this oh, is Jesus take Christ, a... no, look, <laughs> the alphabet is no, not no, that difficult. No, no that she's in there somewhere. No, she really isn't. Uh, yeah, 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 look. R-Y. It, it, it's names, it, it's letters and the names, not just sharp. You said initials. Oh, well, right. But kind of. Not all of it. It ties into the kids' names. Stop giving me fucking grief. You get Paul into trouble, man. <laughs> he takes great fucking pride in this. Somebody else slags him off because they come up with some names. I'll have to give you some of them in the future. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Right. Now, to do this, eh, yeah. this is a fictional story that Rory eh, came across once. And it was a very similar story to, very similar to The Body in the Tent. Why are you talking about Rory as third person all of a sudden? Because I fucking have to, haven't I? All <gasps> oh, right, okay. You, you know, so uh, similar to The Body in the Tent type thing. Right. So I've said Rory isn't my real name. Well, it's not. This is one of Rory's adventures, right? right. But anyway, when, when I was writing about Rory, right? Yes. I was writing about this story. And coincidentally, there was a very similar story in real life going on. It mirrors it in, in many, many ways. Okay. Okay. But uh, this story was written before it, and that's very important. Right. The, the story uh, about this. Uh, so I've decided to go with the uh, pensioner. And the easiest way to do this, I think, uh, just to keep it short and sharp, is to, with your permission, Moby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Read the chapter. Yeah. You think so? And then yeah. and then you can, can ask me questions about it and, and give me your thoughts. Because oh. the chapter's not too long and we should rattle through it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you seem worried. <laughs> I'm, I'm always worried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah? Worried's not quite the right... Well, what's you your know, thoughts? What's your thoughts so far before I start? Go on then. You know, I mean, oh. I, I'm just friends with you out of a sense of kind of... Macabre entertainment, really. Yes. I, I just yeah. follow you around out of curiosity <laughs> to see what the next calamity is. But yeah, no, no, go for it. I think this is a really good idea. You read out the chapter. Okay. You've, you've got your book here. That's yes. one less that's available from good booksellers, <laughs> but that's okay. You've With got the picture you took on of me on it. Yes. Which yeah. I, has to be changed. Well, it doesn't have to be changed, but I mean, it's a good picture. Well, that's why it's on it. Right, I'm going to cast you way back here. So I was thinking about this in the car on the way here. I, think, I want to cast you back, mm, cast your mind back, and mm, then I want you to read out a chapter of a book, and then we're going to link the whole two together. Okay, I think maybe it's better if we if we start with just a summary. Mm. Uh, that this is the case of a, a cyclist who was knocked down in the Highlands of Scotland uh, three years ago, maybe four years ago, uh, and found recently, and of which uh, one of uh, twin brothers has been prosecuted. I think this is going to get fairly big along the lines of BBC, Netflix, that sort of stuff. It's got a lot of elements to it. It's got the scorned girlfriend. It's got the uh, the person who went missing was an all round good egg. It's um, got a dead eagle. Yeah, there's a dead there's there's a dead eagle in there somewhere as well. There's firearms. There's there's all kinds of stuff going on. 
Yeah, it's got the Masons. And, I'm going to come yeah, on to that. Yeah, and and when as part of your introduction to our podcast, you you give your your wonderful warning about uh, this is we we talk about suicide and and this and violence and, and road accidents and death and and you actually say the word murder and I think this is the first time we've discussed a murder. Do you not have arrested a murderer? Uh, have I arrested a murderer? Uh, well, I've arrested this one before. <laughs> No, but actually for murder. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, seriously, I walked into a house in um, in Glasgow, south uh-huh. of Glasgow, uh-huh. not in my area. So basically, doing a back shift, mm-hmm. division has run off its feet, mm-hmm. and there's there's nobody covering the subdivision because mm-hmm. there's nobody. Okay. So I'm in the neighbouring subdivision. I get sent there. I get sent there because uh, this guy had phoned the police and said I've murdered my best friend. All right, had he? Yeah, he had. He was, he was lying next to him on the sofa. Oh, was he? How did and he kill him? He had a big kitchen knife sticking out his chest. Oh, really? Stabbed him right through the heart. And so the guy, as soon as I walked through the room, the guy gets up, yeah. holds his hands out, yeah. and says, arrest me, I'm a murderer. Yeah, good. No one believed me at court. <laughs> 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 and well, the CID yeah, told I mean, me. I'm, I'm almost tempted to say, save this story, because I've got one the same when believing people in court, but yeah. Yeah, the CID yeah, said yeah. to me before I went out of court, yeah right. There's no, there's no fucking way they're gonna believe that actually happened. But um, yeah, I, I digress, and the reason is because one of the last cars mm. I ever stopped mm-hmm. before I went to the college, yes, is uh, is our friends with you. Well, well, there you go. Yeah, and and uh, the, these individuals are well known to to us, mm. uh, particularly more you, particularly me, uh, yeah. uh, and for reasons I'll tell you about. Now, when I I know. I've I've done well in not mentioning the book word eh, in the podcast since episode one. I got around for it, mm. maybe episode two, and now why not on the last episode as well? Eh, but when when I wrote this particular story, it was one of the, the last things I wrote, and I wrote it in twenty nineteen. I'm right. actually really impressed because um, yeah, Rory McRae, there you go. I've hey. I've looked I've looked a lot at your book recently. My, um, daughter, my daughter's going to be upset that her initials aren't in there. I'm an idiot, am I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I've looked through your yeah. book. I mean, obviously, I, I kind of helped proofread it and all that. Oh, you co-edited it? And then, um, you know, I've coloured in all the drawings. I did the drawings and drops. <laughs> but I'm just really impressed there's a bit you have to read. Look how small it is. Look, there's that many stories in it. Remember, no, I'm not going to talk about the book because you don't like that. So I'm gonna... Anyway, yeah. very, very important, dear listener, to understand <laughs> that this was written... <laughs> By an idiot. By an idiot. And prior to, prior to any similar real life event actually coming to light. Yes. Prior to, the coincidence is almost terrifying. Mm. I'm always like the brand seer. <laughs> oh, you're really not. <laughs> <laughs> Prophecy, nay. Chapter 8, stood down, Rory McRae, <laughs> titled Double Trouble. Rory McRae forgot how to spell his daughter's name. <laughs> Shut up, Dicko's going to go Raj. Anyway, where, where the fuck did he get the initials from? Anyway, right, thank you. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. You sitting comfortable? <laughs> story time. She's going to be rich. Shut the fuck up, let's go on the story. How <laughs> disappointing as a child to have your Try, father look, forget your See name. where I'm reading out the fucking story? You look at my name, Rory McRae. Yeah. I try to work out how her initials could fit into that. Not initials, but her name somewhere. I think it's maybe the tail end of her name. You see it there? Well, that's not her initials R-Y. then. No, but she's there. So the R-O, you know who that is? 
R Y is the tail end of her first name. Who's that? <laughs> right, right, shut the fuck up. Double trouble. Are you ready? To Rory McCree's oh, daughter, I just want to say I'm, I'm terribly, terribly yeah. sorry. We sh- we sheltered you as much as we could during your childhood from this idiot. You've totally ruined this episode because this meant to be the story and only the story. Right, you're, go- you're obsessed with my name now. <laughs> okay, read, read. Can you sitting comfortably? I am. Story time. I'm obnoxious in the stupid Barbie car, but yeah. <laughs> story time with Uncle Rory. Alright. Alright? Around the fireplace. Once upon a time, and a beat far, far, far away. <laughs> A fat middle-aged cop, right? No, it would seem that just because I'm no longer the custodian of Beat Twenty Eight, mm-hmm. I'm allowed to say that there'll be other Beat Twenty Eight in the world over. Yeah, loads of them. That doesn't mean that all the weird stuff just stopped when I left. Oh no, far from it! Exclamation mark. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in October, and I'm not going to name the year. Right. <coughs> I was watching the news when a story came on of a nice fella doing a charity cycle ride through my old beat where he had gone missing. He had last been seen there three years previously on the main road in Bridge of Oki. Oki? No one's going to know where that is. You're safe there. A mere stone's throw from where we found Nigel the skeleton. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That got me thinking. Two men, both disappeared in the same area, both vanished without a trace for three years. What are the chances of that? Slim. Got to be slim, genuine. Yeah. Bridge of Oki is tiny. It's just a hotel, a few houses and a road. Yet it seems to have the ability to make people just vanish. Ooh, scary music. Call Mulder yeah. and Scully. <laughs> I don't think for a minute that the two incidents are connected. It's just the sort of weird shit that happens up there that doesn't even surprise me anymore. Can you imagine if Mulder and Scully had gone there? <laughs> Mulder would have ended up in a wicker man, Scully would end up married to someone. But yeah, okay. Ooh, things are getting weird. Our latest missing person is an ex-serviceman and grandfather in his 60s who vanished as he made his way home to a town in the central belt of Scotland. Mm. He had previously travelled north for a charity bike ride and was last seen one cold winter night. Christmas time. Festive time. About 11.30pm, outside said to tell. He was thought to have travelled south towards the lowlands, but neither he nor his distinctive bicycle have ever been seen since. A number of specialist police resources, including the mountain rescue teams, air support and dog units, have helped to look for him over the last few years, but with no luck. Mm. So I then put in my tuppence now, as I do. Yeah. Because I've always got something to say about things. Yes. I know that road. As do you. Oh, very well indeed, yeah. I know every single mile of it. Every straight. It's the very road where you lost your ice cream last episode. It certainly is, It's there, yeah. Every corner, every lay-by, every verge. If that man... Is on that road in a ditch he and his bike would have been found now that road is a main arterial road to the north of Scotland driven, walked, cycled, ran, repaired and crashed on every day buses buses yeah someone on the bus because they're up high they'd have seen yeah it's simply too busy for that not to be the case so I'm sat there watching you thinking this is wrong Mm. for these very reasons and I say something is very very wrong in Beat 28 it's bugging me I'm just not there anymore to ask around and put my few theories to the test or even have a look for them. Remember I was saying it's festive time, New Year. Mm-hmm. The next chapter starts this, the next paragraph starts with the words Hogmanay. Hogmanay. And it names a year. Mm. Two men, this has moved on now, two men in their late 20s have been arrested in connection with their cyclist disappearance. Locals are shocked, but not me. You see, I know these men. 
I've known them since they were wee boys at Bridgevocky Primary School. Mm-hmm. A school of only five pupils. Can you imagine? Five pupils, right? And one teacher. And I was their community policeman. They were brothers. A bit rough in a country way. Born and raised two miles away from the hotel. <coughs> on a farming estate. Their mother was the local school dinner lady. And their father was a big hard lump of a man. He's a local gamekeeper, estate manager, and often helped me out during mountain rescues with his squad bike. We initially got on well enough, but he liked to bend the rules a bit too far for his own gain. And by the time I left, I'd no longer seen eye to eye with him. And I'm not going to tell you why, that's probably another podcast. But uh, we fell out with each other uh, through me having to do my job. They were two big farming boys, these brothers, as they grew up. Not the brightest, but they knew their way around guns, the land, and hunting from a very early age. They knew how to gralach a deer. Yes, a gralach means? <clears throat> Basically, it cuts intestines out. So they're yeah. a bit rough and... Like you would fill it to fish, but yeah. with a deer. Yeah. yeah? <clears throat> there were some rumours circulating about them as they grew up uh, in their teenage and early 20s uh, about troubles with women just after I came out of the police. I think the allegation was serious, but I don't know. It was just rumours. Uh, and I was no longer in uniform, so I couldn't confirm anything. There was also a drink-driving ban in there, maybe. I'd heard rumours mm-hmm. of that, and I know you, Bobby, had uh, stopped them a couple of times as they became drivers. Yeah, I was kind of after one. In fact, la- one of the very last people I stopped before I left that area to the police college mm. was, I think, the elder one? And you're probably we, right. Yeah, we stopped yeah. at McCairn, and you know, you'd only just got your um, your police camera action thing that you wore. Oh, yeah, my body camera, which was on my helmet. And it was one of the first times... Yeah. That I'd seen that and thought, God, that's that's actually a really clever thing. Cause he, I like most cops at the time. I was quite sceptical and thought, oh, that'll just land you in trouble. You know, you won't be able to <laughs> talk no about who's shagging <laughs> you in the office. No idea. But um, <laughs> yeah, but actually, it was a, you know I could see straight away. No, this is actually really good, and and it can show a professional yarn, show a court straight away. But anyway, I digress. But because yeah, so, it was a trial thing, I had full editing facilities and capabilities on it, which nowadays. Looking back on it, it's probably wrong. I shouldn't have been given that sort of freedom with it. But it was a trial thing, and it, a lot of it wasn't even fit for court. It was just a let's see what sort of footage you get, yeah, and see if legally if we could do this. I was, I, I think I was actually in the papers as one of the first police officers in Scotland to have it because I worked alone. Also, I, you're a technological idiot. So yes, yes, and, and, and probably from a, a legal protection point of view, the chief constable, the officer that should be recorded at all times. <laughs> 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 that was deemed. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we we both stopped these boys. We knew them well. Yeah. Mm. And the home life of these two boys, what they're exposed to, uh, is is way too much because they're so young. I understand that farm kids, uh, farm kids would naturally drive long before normal kids would because they have yes. tractors, etc. Uh, and and they be they be used to guns as a tool and an implement. But she says this is a level that I haven't seen before. What they're talking about and and the way. What I, what I hear and not comfortable with, uh, the way they're behaving, and there was issues. And I, I, I agreed with her and I said, yeah, keep a close eye on it. But what I chose to do, and this ties into illegal, what I chose to do to resolve that problem was target the source, what I thought the source of the problem was, and that was the father. Yes. Because I, I the, it's a small community and, and things are circulating in and around me about him and I'm like yeah if these boys are getting brought up wrong this guy's a wrong and no wonder that's a bad example to set so I'm going to focus on him and I, that was one of the reasons I focused on him but on on hindsight 
I should have listened very closely to what the teacher was saying and maybe maybe concentrated on the on the children rather than the father. I don't know if it merited social work, but maybe a phone call to somebody. Yeah. And that doesn't sit comfortably <clears throat> with me. And I think to maybe there might be listeners out there who wonder a wee bit what we're talking about. And I was brought up in a rural area, mm. a very rural area. Mm. Um, so the sort of stuff we were talking about, I remember one of the farming kids coming to school mm-hmm. who had a shotgun. Yeah. And uh, not when he came to school, obviously, but <clears throat> saying he'd, uh, he'd shot a rabbit that night yeah. before. Mm-hmm. We had a biology class and he brought well, in the rabbit, rabbit because yeah. it had it was pregnant. And he thought we could dissect the... <sighs> The kind of baby rabbits inside. Yeah. And that, but from that background, you're talking mm. about kids who are used to seeing livestock slaughtered. Slaughtered. Yeah. And and quite often, you know, vets don't get called out in the reality. No, no. So no. If, if an animal's ill, they'll cut its throat, I've, they'll do whatever, they'll dump, it, dump its body in a trench. And that's the reality of farming life somewhere like that. They'll see deer getting gralics, which basically is where you cut the intestines yeah. out. Um, after it's been shot, and, they'll see animals that have been wounded because the shot's been bad, someone's missed the heart and all that sort of stuff. And you're saying um, very pertinent there, I just picked up on it straight away. And they'll get dumped in a trench. Yeah, and they'll get dumped in a trench. I very briefly uh, worked know, on a farm when I left school. Yeah. And um, it, it was only for about two months, but we had a trench on that farm mm-hmm. where animals that died, you know, you turn up in the morning and animals dead overnight. There's no there's no autopsy. No, it's, um, it gets taken to the trench by a um, the forks on a tractor, yeah. and you just tip it in, and that's yeah. absolutely normal. And it's, um, yeah, it's and, not pleasant. Even that's the way farming life is. is something that the head teacher was very familiar with because she's teaching farming kids. They're all farming yeah. kids, and she's teaching them. But there was something, something, and I didn't probe it. There was something above that which merited her saying to me, "This isn't okay." Yeah, there's what's wrong. going on in that house is not okay, and I'm at. Okay, who's the problem? I just don't like the way the father's conducting himself. All right, let, let's let's focus on him. Mm. So I'm going to lead into your eagle thing here. Yeah, well, I'm going to take you right back to the the, the okay. kickoff of that with a quad bike. Okay. Should we do that? Yes, yeah. Go, go. So um, I had not. Been, I, I was day off. I remember coming in the day after this, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a kind of twist to this because we both know someone who will refer to as Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. And Kaiser, who's a, a cop incidentally, that was his nickname. Um, had a huge fallout with another cop who worked with me right. uh, who were going to call the gerbil. Yes, okay. Right. Yeah. Now, the gerbil is an interesting character, but he stands out for a couple of reasons. He has a chip on his shoulder uh, because he is in a small team mm-hmm. and he's the one who's not in the Masons. Let's be honest here, that's, that's yeah, a big yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he has yeah. a particular beef with one person in the team. Okay. And the reason is, although this person hierarchically within the police is very low. Uh-huh. He has huge influence because he is the grand silly wizard, as you yes, would put it. He's yes, the Lodge Master. And he's not just the Lodge Master. He is the Lodge Master for a lodge that is unique to the police. It's a police lodge, which wow. some of our listeners might not know exists. No, and, and listeners, I'm with you. Neither did I. And I was in the police for 18 years. Right. So does that tell you a bit about me? Right. Okay. So... <laughs> So there is a lodge that is purely police, and, yeah, okay. and um, your um, Jimmy Harris friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in it too, but he's lower hierarchically than this cop. All of a sudden, me getting chucked out of the police is becoming obvious. Yeah, so- <laughs> Fuck me. Anyway, so... I, we, we will do a podcast on Masons. Yeah, because it's funny. Because it's funny. My experience of them in the police is funny. Yeah. But from what you're saying, maybe it wasn't funny. <laughs> 
fuck me. Yeah. Never see that coming, right? Okay. Right, okay. So so this lodge exists. Mm-hmm. And anyway, overnight a cord bike mm-hmm. uh, is found on the mountainside. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, not overnight. It's during the day. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it, he would have been I, back shift. I'm interested in where you're going with this because I'll, I'll remember it at some point, but at the moment I don't, so keep going. Right, okay. So uh, cord bike overturned on a hill, very sadly, with a fatality. Oh, now, you're talking about my, my friend. Yes. Are we going to uh, give him a name? Give him a fake name? Uh, but this could be a fake him, name. Can I just call him Gordon? Let's call him Gordon. Right, okay. so Gordon Gordon is dead. Now, the reason for the Kaiser fall. Can I tell you about Gordon, just a wee second? Yeah. Gordon was a lovely old man. Yeah. Right? Traditional older guy or man. And he took himself off to France as a young man to look at French sheep. Because apparently that's what you do. I wondered where that was and, going. And he came back with some French sheep and a beautiful wife. Eh? And they grew all together in a beautiful farm on my beat. And they were salt of the earth, really good people, raised three beautiful kids. Eh? And they were my eyes and ears in, in the glen. They were passionate about wildlife. They were passionate about their farm. They were passionate about the countryside. Eh? And they helped me out on more than one occasion. Uh, his wife, who I'll call Angela, made beautiful scones. And uh, a safe place for me to be and really, really good people on you go. Right. So yeah. I, I'm digressing here because this, this is a very tenuous link, but you'll see where it's going. No, it's not because it's, <coughs> it's directly tied into them. So keep going. Right. Okay. So yeah. um, unfortunately, Gordon dies under a cord bike. I, that... was, I was in Holly at the time that made me deeply sad because I wanted to do his sudden death. Right. So, unfortunately for you being away in holiday, mm. the person that called was the gerbil. Now, I think the logic behind that was it was a, a vehicle involved. So he was seen yes, as being... Yes, uh, and he's at his work because he, he's, it, it, it's like getting killed by a forklift in a factory. Yeah. yeah. So the gerbil gets sent and he gets flown up by the RF. Onto the hillside? Onto the hillside because okay. it's quite far away from the road. However, okay. you and I know the gerbil and his normal choice of footwear. So the gerbil was, how can I put this, officious... I think is a good way. Uh, it, it, I've been called lots of things in the police. Uh, black bastard, Nazi, scum, fascist, etc. That's just by your friends. Yeah, I, I, I never met many people who were uh, like that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> but there must have been a reason for people to call us that. Yeah, and he was the reason. <laughs> I didn't say it, you did. <laughs> well, he was. I remember stopping an old woman for speeding. Yeah. Um, and I'd only just started working with the gerbil. I mean, it was like the first two days. Mm. And and this will give you an insight into his character. He stops this really sweet old woman for speeding. And the woman is in tears. Mm-hmm. Right? She says, I'm so sorry. I just wasn't thinking. I've just lost my husband. Oh, right? And the gerbil mm-hmm. turned around and said, that's careless. Mm-hmm. I mean, holy fuck. But basically, he was, he was a, what you would call a ticket monster. He just wanted and, and- to... Give people tickets, sadness vouchers, as he would call the it. The reason the traffic department gets such a bad I, name. I absolutely agree. Yeah. You know, and that, he, he wasn't alone. No, he wasn't. There was there no. was other people like no. that. But anyway, so anyway, um, let's go on. No. He routinely left the office. Every night he pressed his trousers and he pulled his shoes, and they weren't boots; they were like yeah. wedding shoes. Me and you would call them parade shoes. Parade shoes. Yes. Yeah. So um, and and he went out absolutely immaculate, mm-hmm. and I think this might even be going back to the days of body armor on top of a shirt and tie. Mm-hmm. So imagine that mm-hmm. you know a neatly pressed white shirt, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're thrown in a helicopter and taken to top of a Scottish mountain. Yeah, which is 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 made up of bog peat marsh. Right, gets better. Mm-hmm. So 
once it's established mm-hmm. that Gordon was it? Gordon, Gordon, was, Gordon, Gordon is yeah. sadly deceased. Yeah. Lovely old man. Sadly yeah. died yeah. because of this overturned quad bike. Mm-hmm. Um, the helicopter fucks off. It's happened to me. Yeah, it's got one job. Get you up there and then it's not going to yeah. wait for you. Yeah. And they might rescue. Come to him. No. No. Don't bother. The gerbil has to walk down the mountain. Oh, he's... Well, it's, happened Which... to, it's happened to me as well. But on your anyway, in his parade shoes. Right, it was a fucking raging the next day. But I sometimes wonder if his report was slightly biased by the fact he was so angry because it wrecked a pair of 120 quid shoes. How, how bad was his report? Like, what, what? So, coming on to this, yeah. so you might not have known this, but this is why Kaiser mm. had a huge fallout with gerbil. Because okay. Kaiser also knew Gordon. Kaiser introduced me to Gordon when I first started on the beat, and they were very close. Right. So in the Gerbil's report, mm-hmm. he talks him being under the influence, and that impacted the life insurance payout. Oh my God! I didn't know that. Right. So that's why Kaiser never forgave the Gerbil. I didn't know that. Anyway, I digress. So that sets. The Can scene I say then. that Gordon liked the dram? But well, so, I'm sure he so, did. So did everybody else. But at the end of the day, it didn't need to be in the police report. No, no, it serves no purpose. It yeah. serves no purpose. All it does is wreck a he, He's not on a future. road. He's not... There's another wonderful story about Gordon that will make you laugh, mm. which I'll tell in season two. Right. Which ties into it and, and maybe explains both Kaiser and, and my own affection towards him. Uh, he would help me. He was mm. one of the few... There was a lot of people, but he's one of the people that I could call upon to help me. So he wasn't the one who came out when you yes, stuck Binky yes, in the ditch, was yes. he? That's the story I'm going to tell. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yes, he was, and he kept that secret, and then and that's that's good of him. But anyway, we'll tell him that. Season so that then sets the scene. So Gordon is gone now. Yes, sadly. Yes, which then, then leaves. Right. So this takes us all the way back to our French widow. Mm. Uh, her children are grown up and gone. Uh, the the. The, the, the one who's due to inherit the farm, because the, the, that's the way these things work, is actually over in New Zealand learning to be a sheep farmer as well, you know, as, as they do. Yeah. And uh, she she's left alone when this happens, and, and, and there's a period of time, and he, he comes over to the funeral, then has to go back, and the children have to go their own ways. So what happens is a uh, senior sees, sees an opportunity, and in my, my opinion, takes advantage of that. Right. Runs the farm into the ground to his own benefit a little bit. The the livestock and he he's doing things like getting deer down off the hill so he can easily shoot them by leaving turnips and stuff out. It's a no no. Yeah. Got to uh, give him a sporting chance. Yeah. I mean, I I was kind of aware of this. I was, and she she told me that Tom was running the the farm on, on her behalf until her son could come home, which raised an eyebrow for me. And and then another trusted source uh, came to me. Uh, a forest ranger came to me and said he wasn't happy with what's happening up there. Mm. The state of the livestock, uh, the financial gain, uh, and he also hinted that he uh, he he was really pissed off at, at, at the way things were happening, uh, and, and after Gordon's demise, uh, and and once communities like that, uh, just like Kaiser and the Gerbil, once there's a focus for their anger, uh, that focus turns very firmly on that person, and then to no great surprise for me, intelligence came my way. Poisoning, eh, birds of prey, right. and and to put put I suppose our listeners in the picture here, it's quite near to nesting 
pair of yeah. uh, white-tailed, white-tailed eagles, white-tailed I think, eagles, from Crooken. Yeah, which, yeah. And these are fantastic birds. And also huge mm. earners for the area because yeah, huge tourist trade coming yeah. to see on the off chance of seeing an eagle. Yeah. Now, I know where all this information came from and I use mm. the information uh, I, I, as a police officer, as you would expect me to use it. And I'm not going to name that uh, person. Uh, but it was enough information for uh, us to, to raise the flag. Uh, and keep an eye on things and just start to gather intelligence regarding this poisoning. Yeah. I then went on holiday again. It seems that I'm on holiday all the time, but I was actually on holiday. And the you were on holiday all the time. I was a lot. And then the, the phone call came in one day uh, from this source uh, via Treble Nine that a, a lamb carcass had been found on the and it had uh, clearly been poisoned. No, no, not a lamb. I'm talking after rubbish. Uh, a, a raptor. Uh, yeah. a, a bird of prey, an eagle. Uh, yeah, it uh, had been found, and it would uh, it, its carcass showed the signs of poisoning. Uh, so that's something we would act on immediately and get some specialist officers in. So that phone call went in to the officer who was covering my in my absence, Marvin. Marvin, and he he went up and did the right thing, had a look at it, got the specialist to have a look at it, actually sent this thing for a post mortem, confirmed that I can't remember the name of the poison. Uh, I've got it written somewhere confirmed this poison had been used. And the reason they do this is uh, the, the the raptor, the bird of prey, will come down and during lambing season will take lambs. Yes. Actually physically lift them and kill them. And it's a problem for farming. So what they do is if you have a lamb that's dead, uh, stillborn, uh, lace it with poison, the bird comes down, end of problem for the farmer. Uh, this doesn't happen routinely in Scotland, by the way. This is way, way, way uh, naughty, if you like. Uh, but it would appear that this is what happened. Poetry. Marvin, just to give you a bit of context here, mm. um, very interesting character who mm. had been a traffic cop, good traffic yeah. cop, um, is the most ridiculously thorough and detailed yes. person I've ever met in yeah. my life. Yeah, OCD. If, if he yeah. was buying a motorbike, yeah. he would spend like a month with spreadsheets sitting in the Studying. office, yeah. reading every magazine, yeah. every review, test ride every bike. And... See, and then you finally truth. make a decision. But he was incredibly thorough. So he was the right person to do this. It case. couldn't have landed a better person for, yeah. for that reason. And, and because it was known locally that I may be targeting. Yeah. So it's good that it's not me. It was great. I'm like, this is brilliant. And he did his OCD job on it. And the lot, cut a long story short, enough to get the RSPB involved, enough to get our specialist wildlife crime investigators involved, enough to get a warrant to search for this poison, and that's what we did. Except it then went shit shit. It, it kind of did. We all we all traipsed up there towards. It was one of the last. It's it's when I first got with uh, the current Mrs. Mm. Uh, she was there as well. So it was it was towards the end of my career. Uh, we went up there. We found the the poison. Fabulous. We found it in an outbuilding, which was enough to to, to charge them with it. Uh, the warrant allowed us to search outbuildings and the farmhouse itself. We did that. And we found some firearms that weren't on his uh, firearms license. Can I just say firearms that couldn't be on his license? No, because handguns and are not allowed. Th- this is in the press, so we can say it. It was handguns, two handguns, uh, and uh, some other Section 1 firearm, which is a massive no no after Dunblane. So handguns are, are banned in Scotland. Uh, and carry, uh, I, I thought it was a mandatory five year sentence. So did I, yeah. Uh, so, so. Massive, massive issue for Octate, which is owned by a group of people in London and managed and carries a carries a bit of a fine in the sense, as it should, because a message has to be sent to everybody that's even contemplating this. We also had some really serious firearms offences. 
Yes. Uh, and a really solid case. Uh, that case, I believe, went to court after I came out of the police. I think I was cited for it. Uh, the owners have got a very fancy, very expensive group of lawyers. And he, to seen time, uh, he did get a massive fine for the offences. Now... It still makes you wonder. I do a lot offshore <clears throat> in terms of um, mm. what they call root cause analysis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as do you. Yeah, I try to ignore that as much as I possibly can. It's not a push. Yeah. But basically, but, you're you're digging down into why people do stuff and what the motivation is. And if, if yes. you if you're going back that number of years and looking at these kids' upbringing, mm-hmm. and you were to do root cause analysis on mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. You, you're kind of squarely landing a lot of stuff the father's done. But but yes, you, um, by you saying that, do you see why I was focused on the father? Yeah, totally, absolutely. Go yeah. to the root cause because we think alike. Mm. What's the problem? He's the problem. Deal with him. So I'm dealing with him. Am I victimising him? No, because he's committed a crime and I'm a cop. Crime, cop, it's easy. Good guy, bad guy, target him. Yes, I'm aware of him for various reasons. From the school, from from neighbours, etc. Am I focused on him? Yes, because he has a problem that I need to solve within the community. And I'd done it. I thought I'd done it. I thought I had, you know, I'd done him for poisoning. I thought the message was out there. Do not fuck about with my beat. This is going to happen. You know, if you're fucking about it, I'm going to catch you. And we did. As a team, we got them, and it was brilliant. And I thought, well, that's okay then. Now, this all ties into... Uh, if I was still the local cop up there, I say, I would be mindful of, of things like drink driving, firearms offences, wildlife crimes, anything that might benefit them. And shortly, were chancers whom I would be watching very closely, especially if alcohol was a factor. Mm. Both lads were employed as gamekeepers, stalkers, in and around the, the estate then mentioned. So, bear in mind, I'm still writing this. Uh, all I know is that two men have been arrested. And through police sources, I know who these men are. So, I speculate uh, in my writing at this point, and I say, uh, just thinking out loud on these theories I mentioned earlier, Here, here's a wee theory, see what you think. Uh, so this is what I thought may have happened. Hmm. Uh, our elderly cyclist leaves the hotel about 11pm. It's cold and dark. He's push- pushing on to the next town. Lies about 11 miles to the south. He's just a tiny pinprick of light on an empty, dark, fast, lonely road. Mm-hmm. The brothers leave the hotel drunk in a pickup truck and head a short and familiar two miles back to their farmhouse. Just after setting off, they strike the bicycle, injuring or killing the cyclist. The, the, the boys are stalkers. They are young, fit, strong and drunk. They make a living killing things and lifting carcasses. This is their home and they know it like the back of their hands. It's a vast, wild, empty place where someone like Nigel, a friend in the tent, could lay undetected for years. They panic through drink, and not thinking with sober minds, they scoop up the pincher and his bike, together with his belongings, throw him in the pickup, drive off road into the dead of the night to a place no one ever goes and only they know, thus avoiding a drink driving and death by dangerous driving prison sentence. And I'm questioning myself here, and does that sound plausible? Let's see if it's true. Let's play it I'm wrong. Mm. and pray that if the cyclist did get hit by a vehicle, he succumbed to his injuries prior to finding his way into the back of the vehicle. I think we may have the answers soon. So that was Hogmanay. Eh? And then we jump on to the next year, the winter of the next year, and more news eh, comes out on, on public media. Mm-hmm. Police have recovered remains up at the farmhouse. It wasn't immediately released to the public, but my sources tell me it was not out on some remote moor but within a deer burial pit adjacent to the farm. And I've said there, I told you they weren't very bright, didn't they? I gather the brothers came to the police attention after a drunken, we'll mention the New Year again, after a drunken New Year's party where one of their girlfriends had a domestic argument. 
resulting in a call to the police stating that the cyclist's death had been caused by the brothers. She had been shown the deposition site by her boyfriend and had the presence of mind to discard an empty soda can adjacent to it in order to later identify the locus. And I put in brackets, smart girl. Yeah, very. I've also seen recent social media footage of one of the brothers at a party next to a TV laughing at his involvement in this case as, a he- as it is headlined on local uh, news. And I've just said this just serves to me to prove the callous and horrific nature of them and their alleged crime. And that footage was never released, by the way, to media. But I have seen it. The police and press are working closely to retain information so as not to hamper the investigation. <clears throat> then we jump another year, believe it or not. Uh, things have progressed at quite a pace. The brothers are in custody, awaiting trial for murder, which is due to take place in uh, July uh, of last year. So I guess nothing can be published about them until after that. But for now I can repeat what the press have already mentioned, so here's what we know, courtesy of the Daily Express. Two brothers aged 30 allegedly killed a cyclist near their home address. It's said one of them drove a vehicle at speed whilst unfit through alcohol, while his brother, a passenger, sorry, with his brother, a passenger, is alleged he struck a male in his 60s who was cycling on the road at the time. Prosecutors, prosecutors claim the cyclist was left seriously injured, with the pair going on to assault him and then act with wicked and reckless disregard for the consequences. They said the brothers initially abandoned the ex-servicemen at the side of the road in a dark, remote location amid bad weather conditions. The vehicle was driven to the farm before they returned to take the body in another car. The murder charge claims the cyclist was then hidden under a tarpaulin in a wooded area, and there he died. <clears throat> the brothers are separately accused of attempting to defeat the ends of justice. This includes claims they moved the body from under the tarpaulin to another area used for de- depositing dead animals. It said the body was buried in a grave there and hidden under animal remains with bleach also poured onto its remains. The brothers allegedly got rid of the bike and personal items as well as a claim that they stole £60 from this poor chap's wallet. It was said that the car which hit the man was also repaired and they said it had been damaged by striking a deer. The prosecution states all all this was done to obstruct and hinder the police as well as prevent and delay the discovery of the body. So I've said they're grim reading, uh, no so much worse, worse than I predicted uh, predicted back in 2020. Mm. I'll revisit this story after the court case, but for now I'll leave you with my thoughts. All these years ago, when the brothers were in that small school, primary school, and I was their community policeman, I recall vividly doing both stranger danger talks and cycle proficiency training with them. Little did I realise back then that they would grow up to be dangerous strangers to an innocent cyclist. Further, I can't help but recall a a conversation with a teacher over a cup of tea where there was concerns exposed uh, in relation to what the boys were exposed to in their home lives. Uh, just in <clears throat> the way they were brought up, you know what it's like up there, you know, with mm. guns and farming, you're talking about gralicking and all that. These are young kids uh, and that becomes a norm for a town or a city kid would, would be horrified by anything like that, and, and as would their parents, but this was normal for them. But even over and above all that, <clears throat> the, the local teacher had said, there's just something not quite right. So what I decided to do from that point was concentrate my efforts on the father. Hmm. And remember I said we, we didn't see eye to eye and that was for various different reasons. Uh, <clears throat> probably brought on by this. So I thought, if I, if I deal with the father, then the problem's resolved. But really, I should have paid more attention to these boys. Well, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. You know, I... I I, w- I was warned, I suppose, by the teacher. There was was, was warning signals there, uh, 
and I, I being me, just went for the adult who I deemed responsible, uh, and try and deal with that. Do you know what I mean? Do you so know, a couple of conversations there as well about about the girlfriend that I'd like to have too. But I'll stop reading it there because that, that, that's basically it. And if you if you've watched the news, it's very similar to a case that that's. Uh, that happened last that we went to trial last year in Scotland. I'm gonna just just <coughs> um I suppose mm. uh you know we often bounce things off each other because yeah. arguably uh we we both have seen and done things mm. that, that leave us troubled. Mm-hmm. And I suppose mm-hmm. you, you could talk about PTSD. No. I don't think you have anything bad to feel about there because hindsight always makes <clears> it so much easier. And you know there there's something I was thinking about when mm. we were talking about doing a Christmas podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> I have probably the one incident Mm. that I look back on fairly regularly and think I should have done that differently but hindsight is such a bizarre thing there so it's 2020 isn't it it's 2020 now I know I've turned up at road crashes and done CPR on the wrong person I know someone you you remember this they used to say go for the one who's quiet yeah so you went to a dead one did you I went to one actually as it turned out (coughs) effectively had a hangman's fracture so I think Mm. it's like the third vertebrae down so effectively even if they lived they're paralysed from the night Mm -hmm. down and there was somebody else who choked to death Mm -hmm. Uh, because I had to make a choice yes but the one that that for years will stick with me and you will know exactly the one I'm talking Mm -hmm. about I'm sure very very quickly it was just before Christmas Mm -hmm. and uh, we had uh, a team meeting for Mm -hmm. uh, traffic for a huge area Okay. And we met at the head of the loch. Mm-hmm. Now, because some people were early shift and back shift, it was done at the shift overlap. Okay. And there are not enough cars for everybody. Okay. So what happened was I did my early shift in the normal car yeah. with all the equipment. Yeah. And then uh, I, the, the back shift came down in a car mm-hmm. that is intended uh, for snow patrol. Mm-hmm. But when it wasn't snowing, it was ten- it tended to just be left with no kit in it. Now, the, because of budgets and all yeah, that, yeah. basically what I'm saying is they didn't have cones and road signs. Uh, it's and a big old slow lump of a machine that you don't want to be in unless it's snowing. Yeah, it's basically yeah. It, was, um, it used to be a Range Rover. It was basically it was, um, yeah. it was a Land Rover Discovery. But yeah. so it it turns up with these other two cops who are doing a back mm-hmm. shift. They take my car mm-hmm. that I've been kicking around in earlier, and I take this old uh, Land Rover Defender back up the road now. I was about to finish for Christmas, mm. which is one of the things that make this one horrible, mm. because it was my last working day. It wasn't the day before Christmas, but yeah. basically my last working day before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and I drive up the road, and I get to a corner that for years was a problem. We were always mm. there. We're never away from it. But, is, this there, a, is this a Land Rover, the accident? No. No, okay. No, I know the one you're talking about, though. Yeah, I know that yeah, fatality, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So I drive yeah. up, and I come around this corner, and I lose it. Mm. Now, I am kind of wanting to go home so I'm pushing on a bit yeah. I lose the back end and I kind of think oh that was nasty mm. but I correct it and and the you know the defender's not an easy thing to catch because it's big and high yes and carry on but this particular corner um, suffered quite badly from oil in the road because of where it was mm-hmm. so you had uh, a large council depot next to it um, you had waterboard stuff you had a big rubbish tip and basically yeah. There's a lot. There tended to be a lot of diesel in the road, yeah. um, and also it had um, a river basically joined it off the hill. Mm-hmm. So there was always mud going across this corner, and there wasn't a budget to fix it. We'd we'd kind of pressed for years, and I remember the road department basically saying, "Yeah, but nobody's died on it yet." Mm-hmm. But there were always crashes there, right? Okay. You know, but nobody had yeah, actually but, died. Yeah, so yeah, so okay. wait till someone dies before we fix it. 
I kind of, I suppose, in the back of my head, when I look back with hindsight, mm-hmm. I could have gone back, I could have parked the police car there, I could have taken a walk down the road, but at the end of the day, I couldn't one. shut the road. Yeah. I didn't have any roadside spouts, the road's slippy. Mm-hmm. There's no point in gritting it, it's pouring rain, it would just get washed away. Um, and I'm maybe internally justifying this to myself, but... You drive on. So I drive on, I went home. About two hours later, mm-hmm. uh, a woman with comes around, loses it, uh, Green goes, car? Yeah. Goes sideways into a truck coming the other way. I was at it, yeah. Yeah, and dies. Yes. It, it was... And it was horrible. It, and, it was bad. And yeah. um, But I afterwards went away feeling, if is there only, anything I could have done? If you could wind the clock back. But, mm. but then, you know, if I put out... I mean, there isn't a proper solution. The, the proper solution is the road engineering. And it was eventually fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to say, I'm going to stop you, I have to say, what time of day did you go through the road at? I would guess, because I was back shifts, so I probably went three o'clock. And what time did the accident happen? I'm going to say two, two and a half hours later. Okay, and how many cars had driven over that in two and a half hours? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, for and none of them had crashed? And if, let's say, it was diesel contamination yeah. on the road, that diesel yeah. could have arrived after I yes. did. Yes. And, and given the way I was driving, I probably... Was a bit squirrely in three yeah, or four yeah. corners. You you're pushing it. You're pushing. Yeah. You you are a. It pains me to say it, but a very good driver and, and qualified and you know instructor and all the mm. rest of it. And you're pushing a vehicle to the limits because probably knowing you, mm. uh, because you're pushing on to get home, and you lost it. And uh, when you lost it, mm. it was probably minor compared to someone like uh, like a normal driver. They lost it. Mm. You know they wouldn't be able to correct it. Uh, so. Yeah, so so you know, loads of cars passed over it. I remember it very well. Uh, and do you know the other thing? This is going to sound bizarre because you know the, mm-hmm. the police are superstitious people. Uh, we had a big chart in the office that we called the death board, mm-hmm. and it was wiped. And it was wiped. And well, we had a yeah. tradition: every time you wiped it, somebody else died and went yeah, on yeah, it. We used to leave the names up for ages, and I'd yeah. wiped it that day. And yeah. I know that's bizarrely superstitious, it, it, but. But it's little things, it helps you cope. I mean, we we, we are deep into PTSD here, right? Mm. So it helps you cope. So when I was young, small, small, mm. my family only ever had one car crash. My father's a good driver and mm. a fast driver. And he crashed once and it was in a green car. Mm. And I remember purchasing the car. He bought it from a Renault dealer in Argyle. Mm. Do you know who I mean? Oh, yeah. And we mm. lived in Argyle at the time. And it was a, a Renault 18, remember them? Oh, God, And yeah. it was green, and my mum said, no, don't buy that, green's an unlucky colour. It was the only car we ever crashed, mm. uh, and we were in it. And from that point on, uh, I, I wouldn't own a green car, mm. because mum was right. Now, bizarrely, when this accident, the accident you're talking about, happened, I happened to own a green Honda Accord Estate, through circumstance. Oh, I remember it, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it was just a bargain, I thought, yeah, don't be silly, you're just being superstitious. I went to that road accident, I sold the, the Honda, didn't because I? Because of that, yeah. Because of that. Uh, and that, you, you know, you're talking about wiping whiteboards, and I'm talking, you, you know, superstition, it, mm. it fucks up with you, and I can, yeah. There's certain things you can you, you remember, and, and, and that's a biggie. But, you know, yeah, to tie it in, uh, there's a couple of things there. Guilt, you know, should I have seen it coming? How can you predict that? I, I don't know, but it, there was certainly an element of, of doubt with these two boys. Mm. And their crime's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Oh, it is, yeah. Uh, that, that, that poor man. 
it, it's it, it was worse than I, than I thought. You know, they, they didn't just hit him. They, and, and, and let's be honest, if you're a drunk driver hmm. and you kill somebody, it, you stop. And, yeah. And, and, and you, know, you, get, you get done. What, what are you going to get? A section one to drink. What are you going to get? Ten years? Well, it wouldn't be section one. It, it would be section one if there's no drink involved. Right, okay. Um, once you start to involve uh, drinking it, then I'm trying mm. to remember if it's 2B or 2C or yeah. 3A of the road traffic act. I think it'd be What sort of sentence are you going to get? But uh, I, I would guess five, six years. Not long, en- not long enough for taking someone's life. But, but they would take into account the fact that you went back and helped. Yes, which is what I was going to get to. So I'm not going to say too much about it because it's very similar to a case that, that's for real. Mm. And in the case that's for real, there were some lenient sentences handed out uh, and basically the charge wasn't murderous. Yeah, uh, and that's debatable. And, and, and it created a lot of problems locally and with the family and all, and all the rest of it. And just as you were saying, if you hit someone and you knock them over, mm. you never left the hotel with the intention of hitting them. Yeah. But you have hit them. Uh, so your intent wasn't murderous, but the minute you leave them at the roadside mm. and don't get a medic involved, then your intent has to be murderous because your only intent is to protect your own arse. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Isn't it? And you're not you're not offering life or care to, to the person at the side of the road. You're doing the opposite. So the actions after the, the crime of, of being drunk driving and hitting somebody are murderous. Yeah. Not only that, you come back with a different vehicle. You try and cover up what happened to your vehicle. You bury the body, etc. It, it's as it's as for me, it's as bad as you get. Uh, and then uh, then there's the female that's involved in it as well. I believe there's a complaint against the police in, in terms of, of the way she was handled by the police as an informant. Basically, as an informant, when she I I thought she'd made a phone call to the police and said, by the way, he's told me this. Mm. I believe she actually walked into a police office, and then she was left in a position to. Maintain mm. a relationship with someone to whom the police thought was a murderer. Well, like, once that's dealt with in yeah. court, let's have a chat about yeah, it. But yeah, because it's, uh, it's, it's, quite very, fraught. it's it's very interesting. Uh, so yeah, the, the, that was uh, <clears throat> interesting, and yeah, it, it delves into what could have been done, and, and to end just a, as I said when I was reading it out, you know, when I was given the stranger danger talk and the the cycling proficiency chat I think they maybe took it the wrong way mm. I, didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean for them to go <laughs> to become, go become strange, dangerous. dangerous strangers and knock somebody off their bike I'm like Jesus Christ because of my ego and all the rest of it and coming out of the police I just think you look back at it and think well, fuck, you can see it in my writing Yeah, the frustration at not being the cop Mm. At that time, thinking, go and knock that door, go and knock that door. I think this happened. Yeah, totally. And because you, you don't have, I mean, nobody's listening to that, that fucking ex cop, he's a lunatic anyway, so. Mm. Uh, but what would you phone up and say, I think this happened? Because yeah, I was, I was right, I was right. Just the, the way I've written that there, I, I, I promise you that was written before any press release mm. or anybody was arrested. And it was based on the type of characters in that area and my experience. And I thought, if I've got a missing cyclist in that area, something's happened to him. What logically, what's happened to him? Drink drivers hit him. Who's my drink drivers? It's one of five people, mm. and that's where the old community policing, the loss of community policing, is a loss to the community. You know, and and maybe it would have, you don't want to blow your own trumpet, but maybe it would have taken less than three years to get to the bottom of this. 
If they've been good community policing. Uh, j- j- because as an investigator, if you come into a community that's not yours, go to the local community cop and say, what's your thoughts? Let's yeah. have a chat. You know? There was always a bit of elitism about that. that and that's know, what I mean, now. It's, mm. uh, but there was nobody to ask anymore. Mm. Uh, and yeah, anyway, that's it. That, that, we'll maybe revisit that and see if it resurfaces in the press. There's a very interesting chat to be had about the uh, the girl, the girlfriend involved in it, uh, who the press portrayed as uh, a hero mm. uh, in this and in, in resolving it for the family. And I've got some very strong opinions on it. In this entirely fictional. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the fictional thoughts in my head about it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, that's a very, very sombre way to start the new year. No, um, a, a good one. a happy no, one next time. A, a good one, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll tell you about the pensioners and the shotgun and hogtie. <laughs> yeah. You like that? Oh, that is quite funny. That is quite funny. And no, nobody dies. Oh, no, no, they, somebody gets shot. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and they go off with it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. Only 40 minutes. That's a nice short one. That's, that's a good one. one. Is this the shortest episode we've ever done? Probably, but that's okay. Yeah, Rory McRae, all my kids' names, mixed into one. Apart from one child, according to you, but yeah. You clearly don't like that much. I mean, I, she, yeah, mm. she must be feeling shit about her that. fucking name's in it, I've just showed you. It just yeah, happens that's... to be the tail end of her name, not her... Um... No, all the others get the... St- no, I mean, that's <laughs> just bullshit. You've just made that up on the spot. So. <laughs> happy New Year. Anyway, Happy New Year, folks. Ta-da. Have a good one. See you Bye. next time. Bye.